Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Folks, a lot of wild things has happened these past 48 hours. I mean, from the Magic Johnson controversy of him stepping down as the Lakers, uh, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowinski putting up 30 points in their final home game. Man, just uh, Tony Brown continue trying to... (laughs) Shame Juju Smith-Schuster somehow, some way, shape, or form when it comes to social media, posting a picture of Juju asking him, him for advice while he was at universities, Southern California, aka USC. The Joker trailer has came out for DC. Can DC Universe turn it around from the perspective of some others from the majority of critics? Avengers Endgame coming out pretty soon. A lot of things to review. We'll cover a few. So let's jump right into it. So first things first, Magic Johnson, right? The whole, you know, the big uh, great hope for Lakers Nation. You know, these past two seasons, very disappointing. Um, So they only eclipsed, I think, maybe two more wins than they did last season. Uh, Landing LeBron James, that was the only positive in the offseason. Um... for free agent market. And if you really look at it as a whole for the Lakers, um, you take Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James out the equation. How many big names have the Lakers really signed when it comes to free agency in the offseason in these past two, two and a half decades, right? So it's been really... Um, I don't know. Nobody really expected this. I sure as hell didn't expect this. And I think it's something a little bit more than people think. Um, Magic is claiming that, you know, he's not having, you know, he's not, you want, he wants to go back to doing his own thing and having fun, basically. So, i.e., a lot of, you know, a lot of toxicity. A lot of leadership woes. Uh, LeBron James himself, uh, the owner, Jeannie Buss. So I think, there, you know, and there's just a lot of drama with L.A. these past two seasons. And, you know, it's, uh, how can I say this? The Lakers, you know, there was so much going on this, this season regarding trades to Anthony Davis. What's Magic going to do? LeBron James and his show in L.A. You know, all these kind of side antics. It was more of me, 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 me. More of we as a team. What can we do to improve this organization? What can we do to improve this team? What can we do to get this franchise back on track and winning championships? And that's the problem. So, you know, it spreads all around. It's not always just going to be one person. And you notice these kind of teams, these big franchise labels, such as the Los Angeles Lakers or the Green Bay Packers or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Dallas Cowboys, you notice, you know, 
some big star players lack accountability. And I think sometimes they get to a certain point and they're, they're, I guess, you know, once they reach a certain peak of their career, you know, they kind of want to, you know, thrive in their own way, in a sense. So when LeBron got to LA, he was, Hollywood embraced him and he thrived off that. But as LA, you know, they weren't so much going to embrace him. And that's fine. Because we all know Laker, Laker Nation isn't going to fully, you know, nourish LeBron like they did Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson. You know, drafted a Laker, you know, stayed there their entire career, 15, 20 years, whatever. And that's not, that's not LeBron's fault. You know, it's just they're they're not gonna love him as much as Kobe because you know, they're that's their guy. You know, that's that's their that's their monuments that they're gonna build off. So it's kind of like you know, Golden State. Steph Curry's gonna be their monument, opposed to Kevin Durant, despite what he has done for them. You know, winning two titles, two Finals MVPs. You know, it's, um, he's never going to be loved as Steph Curry. And that's not his fault. It's just, it is what it is. Curry was drafted there. He was there through the struggle of their years in the playoffs. You know, they won a title before KD. They've been the two finals before KD. And, you know, they're still going to thrive if KD decides to leave or not to leave. But I think, as I said before, KD and Kyrie go to New York. With that being said, you know, it was a similar thing to Lakers. And Magic just got, you know, he even said himself, I got tired of the drama. You know, when you hear all these whispers and these rumors spread around, it's just, you know what, he gets tired of it. And you know what, it's just... You don't, I don't blame him, because one, you're a Hall of Fame, you're, he's a basketball Hall of Famer, retired, he doesn't have to do this, he's fine, he doesn't have to make a living off this, so really, and he was never really a GM, same thing when he tried coaching, he's, you know, you're not, some coaches, there's a reason why, you know, former players don't succeed so much in coaching, because their mindset thinks it applies to the rest of the other players. And that's just not, that's just not the case. Not every player is going to love the game of basketball or football. Opposed to the other players or teammates that you have played with before. So it gives you a diff- different perception as a coach. But you don't have those coaching skills. It takes years and years of development as a coach to improve that. So, and that can go in any other area, not just sports. It just goes on everyday tasks and jobs, you know, whether working as a guest advisor, doing retail, it takes a few months of development, that certain skill, people skills, customer service, and, you know, soon taking the initiative, doing things that will properly help others, 
in a positive manner. So, I think with LeBron and Magic and Jeannie Buss, Magic was just going to be like, all right, you know, I'm done. So, some people are even saying that Luke Walton is now going to stay. That, er, that, you know, Magic stepped down. He was the blindside scapegoat of the organization for the reason why these past two seasons that have been a failure. I don't think that's the case. I think that Luke is going to be gone. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they do in the offseason on who they're going to grab as GM. But I think things... I think the breaking point for Magic was, I believe... After the trade deadline, they were considering things, you know, all gloves were off, everything, every, everyone and everything was on the table, right, for trade season. Prior to February, they, you know, I think Jeannie Buss was thinking LeBron as well. And I think Magic was like, are you nuts? So, and you got to give her credit. Because, you know, she has a little bit of backbone. She's shown this before. You know, there was a time where it came down to the Lakers on whether they were going to draft De'Aaron Fox or Lonzo Ball. And I believe Jeannie Buss, you know, she... Magic wasn't... Supposedly there was ports of, you know, back and forth whether Magic liked Ball or Jeannie didn't or whatever. And, you know, they stood their ground. But nonetheless, I, I think it was Jeannie that liked Ball... You know, chain up standing up against Magic and LeBron. How accurate those reports are, I don't know. But she does have some backbone to her, especially standing up along the likes of Magic and LeBron. So I think what happened was the turning point for Magic was she was willing to trade the player that they signed in the offseason. And which a lot of people think is crazy, but is it really? A man that's in a 15, 16 year, 33, 34 years old. She's looking to develop these players, these young kids, these young, these young men for her future. Not just a short stint of two or three years, make a championship run. Okay, LeBron retires, he's out. It's like, all right, we got, you know, the franchise is in shambles because we built our team around one guy. It's like, no, you don't work. We don't operate like that. So, and that's why Cleveland is in shambles. You notice, you know, besides Miami Heat, LeBron, the team was built around him. Even his early days before he left Miami Heat, or left for the Miami Heat, right? (coughs) All these players... We built it around LeBron. All of the best, you know, get the supporting cast that he needed. Larry Hughes, Antoine Jamison, players that would average 16, 15 points a game. Nothing big or impressive, but still a solid supporting cast, just like anyone else, just like Kobe had, right? Or Tim Duncan. The Spurs were nothing special. 
Tim Duncan, he'll get you 20 points, 10 boards. Tony Parker, he might go off one night, he might not. Manu Ginobili came off the bench, six man. Spurs were nothing flashy. They weren't big points. They just operated well as a team. That's what Cleveland was trying to do. But LeBron, he just doesn't operate like that. The team, the teammates evolve around him. Excuse me, revolve around him. But, so, they grabbed the Antoine Jameson, who was an all-star. Mo Williams, all-star, all-defensive team. Larry Hughes, coming out of Washington, he was averaging 20 at the time. Uh, Drew Gooden, he was putting up double-doubles. Zika Galskis, he was already there. He's, he was already a Cavalier. They retired his jersey. For the, he, he averaged a double-double for, for his career. And, you know, some players just, you know, they, when they build a team around that particular player, once he leaves, they don't know how to operate. Because after that, you know, it just, things don't click. It's like that little part in the motor that needs to operate and it just doesn't work no more. <clears throat> so... The, re- and the only reason why Miami started to struggle once LeBron left is because Dwayne Wade got hurt. Chris Bosh almost died because of literally of a blood clot. And that was it. <coughs> but, and the same thing is happening right now in LA. Except Jeannie Bush stood her ground. Because they wanted players to build around him. And she wants to develop young talent there already. They got an Ingram. They got a Kuzma. <laughs> who are averaging 18 and 7 or 8. But, I don't know. Um, as I said a thousand times before, and I'll say it again. Lakers offseason is going to be hectic. Now Magic is gone. Luke is going to be gone. So you got no GM, no head coach. Now you got players in the offseason that you want to sign a free agency. But you gotta but all you got is someone that's you know that's caused controversy on his teammates being open about trading. You know, has his own shop on HBO. You got no GM, you got no head coach. You got a lot of my father for a teammate for on Lonzo Ball. He's a bust, he should be in the G League. And you got Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. That was only positive. But Ingram has a blood clot. So he's a health risk. So it could recur. So his trade value is damn near nothing. So. Oh. Lakers plans of grabbing AD and Kyrie coming. I don't, they're going to have to offer a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean. LeBron. Signed a five-year, 135 mil. How much cap space can they expand? But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break. And you are listening to Injury Reserve Podcast.
Welcome back to Injured Reserve. So last night, two future Hall of Famers, no doubt. Most likely uh, first ballot Hall of Fame. Dirk Nowinski and Dwayne Wade. Dirk Nowinski had been there all his life in Dallas. And Dwayne Wade's been in Miami 15 out of the 16, 17-year career that he has had. Both men, most likely top 50 all time. Uh, I would have Dallas and, or excuse me, Dirk in the top 50. Wade could be, you could possibly make a case and argument that he's top 25 all time. What's crazy about players like a Dwayne Wade is that, you know, finals MVP. All these all-star appearances, three championships. The thing is, you know, you can there was one point in the year where when they won they won the championship, you can make a case that he was at that particular time the best player in the league. That's including over Kobe Bryant or you know whoever, including his teammate Shaq. He wasn't as dominant as Shaq as we knew when he was in LA or Orlando. With that being said, it's crazy to look back from a young man that went to the you know Marquette University and people fail to realize is that this man already had about one or two prior knee surgeries before going pro. So when you see someone like that they never really, I don't want to say you see their, you don't see their full potential, but it's more of a what if when it comes to their longevity. Because it's players like a Dwayne Wade or a Trace McGrady or Derek Rose who have these curse of these injuries reoccurring in their career. But yet they can still put up numbers, 20, 25, you know, average season here and there. And even as Dwayne, you know, his, his, you know, athleticism and his health dwindles a little bit near the end of his last season here, he still, you know, managed to put up 15. He put up 30 last night. So it's really one of those stories of, you know, if he was to actually stay healthy. You know, what if he didn't have bad knees? Could Miami make a case for more championships? Absolutely. I would think so. Maybe that's just a bias in my opinion, but say LeBron, you know, when he left Miami and Wade was still healthy and his knees were fine, Miami no doubt would have made the playoffs. And Chris Bosch, if he doesn't get that blood, you know, that that health risk of blood clot, no doubt Miami could make another run for a championship. No doubt about it. But, you know, these unfortunate circumstances happen. And to be fair, it's just like the Lakers this past offseason. You know, they did have some injury issues. LeBron was out for almost a month. So these things happen. But that's, that's what, you know, makes some teams that are solid good to great. You know, so, but... That being said, 
Wade, phenomenal career. I have in my top 25 probably if I had to go down the list and make one. Dirk Nowinski, definitely top 50 all time. One of the first, you know, big men when it comes to the era of basketball who could actually shoot the three. Before KD made it like, you know, a thing or famous, it was Dirk Nowinski pulling up behind the line for threes, you know. Not KD, you know, not Carl Anthony Towns. He, he was the, one of the very first big men that was able to be like, oh, wow, a power forward or a center can pull up behind the line and, you know, make it look good. So, uh, no doubt about it, uh, these, two, these two men, um, growing up and watching it, it's just it's crazy that, that, that their careers are over. You know what I mean? The older you get, it's weird growing up and seeing all these guys starting to call it quits. You know, when I was still pretty young at the time when Jordan retired in Chicago, but I remember him coming back and playing for Washington. So, and even then it was kind of like, you knew he was out of his prime by that time, but it still kind of hurt just to see him go. It was, un- I just felt betrayed because it's just like, if I was a little older to see the golden era. So... Being that I am now 26 years old, you feel you feel just kind of robbed to see. You wish you would have saw that other era of basketball and just have a better notion, better knowledge, uh, a better remembrance of seeing it. Now, you know, I've, I've seen the full games. I've seen the highlights. And it's, it's just cool to see that nowadays. Because no doubt about it, that era of basketball is... <laughs> uh, Definitely, uh, the physicality was definitely different compared to now. But nonetheless, not to get too off track, Wade and uh, Nowinski, great, great careers, first bat Hall of Famers, putting up 30 points in their final home game. They got one more game left in the season. Both teams aren't going to make the playoffs. The Heat are going to fall short. Uh, they're at like a sitting at a tenth seed. So, but it was cool while it lasted. Um, I, I had the honor and privilege of seeing Dwayne Wade live when they went to Little, C- Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. So, it's, uh, it was a cool experience. It was cool to see someone like that, you know. Especially, it's, it's cool to see a player put up 30 points. Not against Detroit, but in their final home game. And then plus get the W, especially against a team like Philadelphia. But we're going to switch things up, change subjects. So there's talks of possibly Russell Wilson being out of Seattle. And I found this kind of shocking, but at the same time, I kind of don't. Because you notice things kind of shifted in Seattle. Once, it seems Seattle never really fully recovered from the Super Bowl of that one-yard line interception. It seems ever since Pete Carroll made that infamous call, uh, a lot of people label it as the worst call in Super Bowl history, which I'm not going to knock that. You have Marshawn Lynch 
You don't run the ball on the one-yard line, and you throw it with Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> I think what's happening in Seattle is a deconstruction from the inside ever since that day. Things slowly falling apart. Pete Carroll kind of losing control of the locker room. Legia, boom, they dismantled. Sherman, he's in San Fran. Marshawn's in, a, in Oakland. And the last one really standing is Russell Wilson. Golden Tate went to Detroit for a little bit. Now he's uh, he's somewhere else. He ain't in Detroit no more and all that. But I think what's going on is, you know, Russell Wilson's very underrated. He's a top five quarterback in my book in the league right now. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Being someone that came, you know, out of Wisconsin. And as far as he fell back in the draft. To work his way up and get his big payday and get his contract. He's not very big. He's only barely six foot, I think. He's not He's not a big dude and weight-wise. So... Him being out in Seattle, if he was to be out, Seattle would lose their best player. The only reason why that they're still relevant is because of him. The way he's been able to make plays and keep keep that organization alive and running and still relevant to make talks of possibly making a Super Bowl again is because of that young man. It's because, man, <laughs> for you know, for someone that you know. Even in his personal life, he take he takes a lot of hate for no reason. He fills in the big role of he's the epitome of humble. He's be able to not not to over overthink things. Um, he's you know he just goes out there and puts the work in. He he doesn't take things too too serious. Which is big, which is big to a certain extent. So, you know, from his personal life, being kind of in the spotlight, being a stepfather, and some people calling him this and that, he takes unnecessary hate. I don't, I don't know why. There's no reason to. So, him being out of Seattle, it'd be interesting. I would love to have him as a quarterback in Pittsburgh, but I think Pittsburgh, the longer this offseason goes with A-B drama, I think they're going to be more than motivated. So that's a topic for another time. But with Russell Wilson be out of Seattle, man, they'd be making a big mistake. I really think so. And I think Pete Carroll is going to be on the hot seat this year. Um, You know... They, ever since that Super Bowl call, things started to crumble. So, either way, Seattle, they they need to do some rebuilding. They haven't really gotten anyone significant in the draft that's really stood out. Solid, but not, no one really to stand out and say, that's their guy. That's the feature on the defense. That's the feature on the offense. 
Uh, you can really just name Russell Wilson. That's it. And you know that when they had that era of Legion and Boom, they were dangerous. A guy that was mobile at a quarterback and can make the pass on the run or in the pocket. Then you had Beast Mode running the ball, doing his thing, had his swagger. Golden Tate, possession wide out, able to make plays. Wasn't, wasn't as quick as an A.B. or Julio, but still, when the time come and when needed, he can make the plays. Then you had the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas, Richard, Richard Sherman. They would, you know, they would get in your mind. Play head games. Even with Brady, it didn't matter who. So, you know, they were, you know, the that Legion of Boom, they could they could back it up. They had that swagger, they had that talk with them. No one can knock them. Because they knew if you started talking trash back to them, they knew they got inside your head. They knew. It's like, all right. And Rich Sherman would always dare quarterbacks, throw it this way, it's going to get picked. You know? Even he would get inside the wideouts, heads. Michael Crabtree, NFC Championship, San Francisco 49ers. Once Rich Sherman picked off Colin Kaepernick to send Seattle to the Super Bowl, and Michael Crabtree refused to give him a handshake. He's like, hey, don't ever talk trash to me. He made that infamous that post-interview after they won the AFC Championship. Don't ever talk to me like that. I'll shut you down every time. He says, I'm the best cornerback in the league. And they could back it up. They were scary, man. That defense, whew. They were top five for a minute. And they should have won two Super Bowls. But and from the inside, they crumbled because of their their head coach. <laughs> I don't know why. And I don't think he even knows why. Decided to throw the ball at the one-yard line. Opposed to their running back, who was just a tank, a bowling ball, who would average you four yards. He could easily get three yards if, you know, even on a goal line stance. To this day... Throwing the ball from the one-yard line will never make sense. And if I was a Seattle fan, and I know a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans would be like shaking their head, like why, you know. So, but with that being said, we're gonna take a quick little break. You are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. This is Injured Reserve Podcast. So, a couple weeks from now, Avengers Endgame is coming out. A lot of people are hyped. So hyped that pre-order sales tickets are being bought out, selling out theaters, and being uh, resold for as much as 10 to 20K, 20 grand. So... (laughs) I'm a fan, but I'm not that hardcore dedicated of a fan to spend 20 grand. Um, I probably, 
I'm not going to be able to see it opening day. I'll probably go see it a couple days later. But I know, I mean, easily that movie's going to make a billion dollars, no doubt. And a lot of theories, this and that, and where the Marvel Universe goes from here. One of the things I do know is Chris Evans reportedly, a.k.a. Captain America, has said that this will conclude the Captain America storyline, and then he's done. So, but I, it is believed that Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., is still signed on with the Marvel Universe. So with that being said... I don't know if there's going to be more Iron Man or he's going to be affiliated with more Iron Man stuff. You know, there's already three Iron Man movies. Um, Those were kind of, if the first one got, you know, big claims that started everything. I was a fan of the second one. A lot of people didn't like the second one. Third one was like, meh. Third one I didn't mind, but I was like, yeah, it was okay. But either way, not to get sidetracked. A lot of, you know, uh, what's his name? I think Chris Hemsworth, Thor, he's still on. He's still got a contract. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, hell, he's the kid. He's still young. He's younger than me. I think he's, I don't think he's even 21 yet. Like, so he's got Spider-Man movies to come out yet. So, and then Black Panther, you know, as, as successful as that is, but, you know, Obviously, you know, they're whole quote-unquote dead. So, either way, you know, they came out with a trailer and a TV spot. So, I'm really hyped for this. So, and seeing Captain Marvel and all these guys, it's... I'm trying to get a gist of what exactly is going to happen, how they're going to, you know... You're going to assume the cliche, like they're going to bring everyone back together. But it's also going to be like... Who's actually going to die in the universe? You know what I mean? It's like when Thanos did his snap and people started disappearing and killed half a universe. (laughs) Which was trillions of people. It's just like this next movie, it's like, who is officially going to die written off? Could be Captain America. Could be... Could it be Iron Man? I don't know. So, Marvel does a phenomenal job. For the most part, of keeping spoilers to themselves. So, um, I'm really curious how this is going to be. Um, as far as I know, you know, they're still working on a project for Black Widow. So, they're, that's going to be coming out. But other than that, I mean, hey, Avengers Endgame. God, I, I, if, I, if I had to make a guess... A easily a billion dollars, probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, worldwide. I mean, golly. Uh, I don't know how much money they could. I want to say they'll probably make a bill. I I don't know. It's the the gross revenue. I don't know how that works in Hollywood, and whatnot. But it's gonna be nuts. This could be definitely probably at the end of the day a top ton. Top 10 highest grossing film revenues of all time. But switch things up. The Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. The the theatrical trailer came out. And gave a more in-depth analysis on what 
us audience to expect. So, and I was having a conversation with one of my buddies about this, and we pull in so much hype for the Joker character because of the the legendary performance given by Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Because we expect, you know, that's the the top tier, like that's the prime example of what the Joker is. But I think it's unfair for us to judge because we set that standard so high, we expect every Joker to be like that. That's just not the case. There will never be uh, another performance like that again. There's no way you can replicate that. You know, I don't care what what actor you think can do better than that. I don't care if it's Leonardo DiCaprio. I There's no one that's going to come close to that. So... I'm being, you know, I'm giving benefit of the doubt because, you know, critics nowadays like to hate easily on any movie. It's not just, you know, when it comes to a brand like a Marvel or DC or horse comics or whatever. It's anything. You know, that's some reason that's the popular trend. That's the cool thing. Be the outlaw and hate on this particular genre or this artist or this movie. You know, to stick out against the rest. Everything's got to be, you know, the popular trend is to be negative. I don't know why. But, you know, when it comes to the the Joker brand, I'm skeptical. I'm going to be skeptical. I don't like the makeup, but it's Joaquin Phoenix. And the man was, you know, he, he, did, he did the Johnny Cash performance. And Walk the Line movie was phenomenal. And he's just a great actor in general. So, as I was saying, we we hold the, the standard of the Joker level to Heath Ledger. And it's just that's unfair to compare. So, I think he's going to put on a solid performance. Because I think there's so much... There's so much, you know, comparison when it comes to certain characters and actors that we actually compare it to that particular person. And when they don't live up to that particular hype, we shame them. Same thing like with a Jared Leto. I didn't mind Jared Leto's performance as Joker. It was different. I knew right away it wasn't going to be on a Heath Ledger level. Because I don't think anyone will ever pull off that performance. That's like one of the top five performances I've ever seen in any movie ever. So there's just, you know, that's unfair to compare. And that's why I thought the backlash and hate for that role and that movie in general was just over the top for no reason. You know, like I said, people like to hate on movies so easily, you know, especially brand, popular brands that it just it, it becomes a trend and people hate on it. And that's that, you know. Because <laughs> people like to point out the smallest things nowadays when it comes to storylines. It's like everyone's a Yelp reviewer. It's like no one's going to take you serious as a Yelp reviewer when you go to a restaurant. No one cares about your opinion on whether you hate it or dislike the food. It's like, you know, the movies. People are like, oh, what, you know, why did this happen, you know, in the movie or this, or the CGI, la, la, la. It's just like, were you entertained or not? If you're literally going to watch a movie just to you know, be a critic and try and, you know, pinpoint the little details, details here and there. What's the point of going to the movies? You're not going there to be entertained. You're going there with a negative mindset right away. 
So that's why I thought, you know, when it comes to the DC universe, uh, you take out the Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> and you put in the movies like The Man of Steel or Batman Superman or Justice League or Aquaman or Wonder Woman or whatever. The, the, the hate for DC is just phenomenal. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I was entertained. I didn't mind them one bit. So, and it's just like you can make when people make the case of like all the CGI or this and that, you can make the exact same case when it comes to Marvel movies. You go there to be entertained, though. You know, be happy that these movies are coming out now during during our era. You know, these movie, these comic book movies weren't they weren't as big and as popular back in the 90s. You know, the Batman movies, for the most part, were trash. Val Kilmer's was okay. Michael Keaton was okay. George Clooney, that was trash. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. But it was bad. But you were at the inter- you were entertained at the same time. Like honestly, I mean, the people that stole the sh- the best the best villain when it came to the Batman movies in the '90s was Jim Carrey. He played that realer role to a T. I wish they would have brought him back. He he did Edward Nigma persona perfectly. But you know. 90s for comic book movies were weren't a trend they weren't a thing you know so but it's just some reason nowadays the it's it's a positive thing to be negative and i don't know why i'll never understand that it's just like (laughs) i just don't i don't want to hang out with someone you know, like, hey, let's go watch a movie and there'd be critics about it. It's like, why? I want to be entertained. It's like someone that, you know, let's go watch a Fast and Furious. It's just like, you know, it's going to be over the top. But at the end of the day, are you going to be entertained? It's like, you know, horror flicks. You know, it's going to be off the wall kind of creepiness. But are you going to be entertained? Things of that nature. So, either way. You know, don't fall into the common trend, the popular trend of it's positive to be negative and try and be that that outlaw, the you know, the standalone guy that wear the black hat. It's just that no one cares. <laughs> it's like okay, it's like it's cool to have opinion. It's like, alright, you don't like it, that's fine. But like to say, you know, to point to point out and be detailed about it, it's just like you can make the exact same case for, you know. Like, you know, Marvel movies or whatever movie. You can point out an Infinity War. You know, say, prime example. There's so many scenarios where they did have to make a part two in the movie. But, you know, it's Marvel. It's owned by Disney. They're going to make billions of dollars. There's there's plot holes in there. But I'm not going to be a critic about it because I want to be entertained. And it was entertaining. So... But either way, you know, ignorance and humanity is real. We're the only species on Earth that's, you know, that repeats history and labels it something new. So, but either way, you know, I'm looking forward to the Joker movie. I think Joaquin Phoenix, he's going to do a stand-up job. Doesn't come out until October, so got some time to kill still. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't like the makeup, a little iffy in the laugh, but you know, I think this movie's going to be a lot darker than people <laughs> realize. Uh, I don't think people realize just how dark the Joker is. So, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hyped for this. No doubt about it. So, but with that being said, that's, that's all I got for today. I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, this is Injured Reserve Podcast.